Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You are listening to Foul Tips, your weekend podcast to catch you up on the week that was in the world of baseball. Let's do it. Okay, Foul Tips number nine, the uh, all-baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Podcast. My solo edition used to be on the weekends. I try to get them out every weekend, but the life gets in the way, and baseball gets in the way, and work gets in the way, so I can't get them out as uh, often as I'd like. But here I am today to uh, spread the good word of baseball and talk about a uh, sport that's near and dear to my heart. Anyways, the coveted Harry Hallis Memorial Trophy was handed out this weekend. I don't know if it's coveted, but anyways, was uh, given out to the Leopard Bulls this weekend on their 2 nothing series uh, series sweep over the Edmonton Prospects and WCBL uh, finals. Uh, a shortened season because of COVID and a shortened playoff and everything else. But anyways, the uh, trophy was given out to uh, the Lethbridge Bulls. Chance Wheatley, uh, the manager of the Bulls, and the uh, all-around good guy, good guy on the field, good guy to talk to, uh, very mild-mannered, but uh, nice guy. Congratulations to him and the rest of the team for winning the, winning the trophy. I was lucky enough to work first base as an umpire. On uh, on Friday night, uh, was good good crowd in Lethbridge, uh, maybe a 1, thousand, twelve hundred people. I don't know what the final stats were, but they sure got into it. It's a two nothing game on uh, on Friday night. Great pitchers duel. Uh, there was a left hander and a right hander going for a uh, right hander going for for Lethbridge, but it, it was a great game altogether. Uh, I had one tough call at first base. Uh, it wasn't tough. It was, the guy was uh, I thought was clearly safe on a ground ball to first. Pitcher came over to, for the uh, to to cover it, cover the play at first. Uh, Leopards player beat him. He looked at the the pitcher looked at me. I, I called the guy safe. The Leopards uh, player he he called himself safe beforehand. The Edmonton pitcher looked at me. He said, "I thought he was out." And I said, "Well, he beat you." Because no, I thought he was out. I said, "Well, we can have a vote, but I'm voting out, and you're voting you're voting safe. I'm going to put money on it. the Leopards. Uh, the Leopards guy says that he's uh, he's uh, He's safe as well, so it kind of went in our favor, but not our favor. I shouldn't have worded that incorrectly, but uh, I called the guy safe, and it was a correct call. But anyways, it was kind of a funny little story. The way it's not a, it's not really a democracy out there in the baseball field when it comes to umpiring, especially with no, um, with no video review as there is in WCBL. But all in all, it was a, uh, it was a fun season. Sure, it started late. I got out there for I don't know 15, 20 games, I guess, whatever it was. Uh, enjoyed every second of it. There was never any controversies. Uh, not that I was right all the time, but uh, we were very lucky to be out there through these last couple of COVID years. And uh, it was, uh, we were fortunate enough to eventually get uh, fans in the stands and everything else. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, worked the final game that night with uh, Ron Suchuk. He was at second base. Ron, he's, uh, he went to the Olympics. So did Brian Hodgson. He was on, uh, on home plate, Olympic guy. 
both from Manitoba and I had Brandon Oberg over third base and I was in first. It was nice getting out there with a four-man crew and enjoying the uh, the crowd on Friday night. They were really, really into it, especially with a two-nothing game. It was a lot of fun. It wasn't the, the warmest night. It's starting to cool down. The nights are getting a little bit shorter, obviously, as summer and the dog days get into it. But uh, it was nice to be out there with those guys. So shout out to Ron, Brian, and Brandon for being out in the field, having a few laughs because it was a, definitely a, a fun game to be a part of. Uh, two nothing pitchers duel. And as I said before, the pitchers just throw strikes and uh, keep put the ball in play. Good things can happen. And the game was quick. Two hours, 21 minutes. It wasn't a snooze fest. We had some we had some rather long ones this year in WCBL, three hours and 48 minutes, three hours, 59 minutes. But uh, this one was done in and out quick. Went and had a couple of beers after the, after the game with the, the producer. It was her birthday last Thursday. Friday, we uh, had a couple of beers to uh, to celebrate a little bit because I've been out of town working, but we won't talk about that. But anyways, uh, thank you, WCBL, for having me out in the field again this year. It's been a long time. Since I started, took a long hiatus, uh, my baseball umpiring career, but it was good to be out there again this year. And hopefully next year, get back out there again. League returned to 10 teams with Medicine Hat, Lethbridge, Okotoks, Sylvan Lake, Brooks, Spruce Grove, who's going out Spruce Grove from Edmonton, uh, Swift Current, Regina, Weyburn, Moose Shaw, all great baseball towns here in Western Canada. And uh, get out next year and watch the uh, and watch the game because it's a lot of fun. The league's really good. Leaves really improving, getting to different centers, uh, bigger, bigger markets with um, nicer stadiums all around. So yeah, WCBL season, I quite enjoyed it. It's wood bat baseball. It's uh, just as competitive as any other league. The league was a little bit less, uh, I, I don't want to say watered down per se this year with uh, the lack of American kids, but pitching staffs were a little, a little depleted. The, the, the strength of the arms weren't as good this year as it was in years past. It's just stands to reason they, they've been playing. They play more baseball down there. Uh, they, their college systems are, are just a little bit better down there. So when they, those American kids can come up, uh, the arms are just stronger. Is the defense any better? Probably not. It's just uh, I just found that this year the pitching wasn't as strong as it was two years ago in 2019 when I got back into the league. Uh, but I'm not complaining. I'm just saying uh, thanks for all the people who came to games to uh, to actually to watch me umpire because it's a lot of fun hearing you guys as uh, – Heckles and chirps and everything else. A um, couple of weeks back when the family was here from the Vancouver Island, there was a whole 14, 20 sports uh, section in the stands down, down the uh, first baseline. They had all their gear on. We talked about enough show back in the past. They had T-shirts and sweatshirts and hats and the whole shebang. So it was good having people at the ball field. It was good having people watch the games again. Uh, congratulations once again to Chase Wheatley and the – Chance Wheatley, sorry, and the Leopards Bulls for winning a uh, WCBL championship, even though it was a shortened season. You, you can't take away from it in a shortened league. You can't take away from it. They said you, you can only beat who you play, who, who's put in front of you. So congratulations to the Bulls. And uh, hopefully, like I said, we have a, a bigger and better league next year. And this whole COVID thing is behind us. We can uh, look forward to uh, great baseball here in Southern Alberta and uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan in general. Um, get out and watch the games next year. It's great baseball. It's a lot of fun to be at the ballpark. A couple of milestones were hit this week in the world of Major League Baseball and a couple of uh, low low stones, I guess, not milestones, I don't know what you would call them, but uh, bad things. Uh, anyways, Joey Votto got his 2,000th hit this week uh, against, I think it was the Cubs. Just the guy just hits, flat-out hits since the All-Star game. He's been unbelievable, one of the best hitters in baseball. Um, probably the second-best Canadian to ever play the game behind Larry Walker slowly getting up, to, up towards Larry Walker's status. Uh, if Joey Votto could have played, I guess, 
for the Montreal Expos as Walker did early in his career, it would have probably added to Votto's legacy, but there is no Expos. Let's say if Votto would have played for Jays is what I'm getting to. Um, it would have had added to his uh, legacy around around the country. We talked about Votto uh, in, in depth a few shows ago about this, but uh, the guy can hit flat out. He's great. Um, question I have, well, actually we'll talk about the second milestone that was this week. Um, Miguel Cabrera, five, 500 home run versus Jays today. Uh, the Jays, man, they're going into a uh, just a slide. They shouldn't lose. You can't lose two out of three or whatever it was. I think it was two out of three to Detroit when you're in a uh, – God, you're hanging by a thread to you can hit a wild card spot. I think Fangraphs has 92, 93 wins to get a wild card spot. They're going to be tough pressed to get to 85 now with the with the stretch they had. The the feel-good story two weeks ago they had when they went 9-2 and two or 9-3 and three on that homestand when they first came back, uh, got back home again. And then to, the way they're playing now, losing games you can't lose to – uh, you can't lose to Washington two in a row. You can't lose two out of three to uh, the, the lowly Detroit Tigers. It's it's not good. It's not a good look for the Jays. Losing Springer hurts, obviously. And it's not a – it's – it's. Uh, I think she's bedtime for uh, for the Jays. Um, pitching's not there. The defense played okay. They're just not as good as they, everyone thought. Um, set it back in – Back in April, the first weekend of the season, and I've been saying it for years, uh, Deanne gets kind of a little pissed off me when I say it, but whenever I say you can't uh, you can't win the World Series in April, but you can sure lose it. When you got to scramble to get, uh, gee, when you got to win 19 to 23, and that, like, when, when, when sports fans start becoming mathematicians, that's when your team's in trouble. Uh, yeah, the Yankees, uh, I'm not going to bring them up a whole bunch today, but yeah, they've been winning. They won nine in a row, probably won ten in a row, but they got uh, this fake hurricane rolled through, rolled through uh, the the northeast. Didn't do a whole bunch of damage. It was uh, it was the fakest thing known to mankind almost. But anyways, uh, the Yankees, I still think they're in tough because they're bound to hit the skids with forty some games remaining. But the Jays, they they have to get real hot, and to get real hot this time of year, it's going to be tough. Anyways, so the two milestones that were here this week, J- Joey Votto's 2,000th hit, Miguel Cabrera's 500th home run. And by the way, with, with uh, Cabrera, saw this stat today. There's only eight or nine guys who have 500 home runs that have always that have also hit uh, 300 in their career. When you start getting into names like, obviously Cabrera's a Hall of Famer. But when you start getting mentioned with Ruth and Aaron and the like, and uh, that's some pretty pretty lofty stuff. So Cabrera's an all-time great. It's just too bad he got not buried. It's a, that's a kind of a bash to people in Michigan. Love you guys in Michigan. You, you haven't listened for a while. But anyways, we'll uh, hope to get back to you guys. But, um, man, with those numbers, 500 home runs plus hitting 300, Cabrera's an all-timer. Like he's one of the best of all time to play the game. There's no getting around that. He, he played in a different, couple different markets that weren't as successful, but he's a great player. Anyways, here's my question. I'll put it up on Twitter later on as well. If you catch a, a milestone ball, like a bottle 2000 hit was a, a base hit, but uh, Cabrera's 500th home run, it went in the, the, the bowels of Skydome there, Rogers Center, you want to call it now. I, I'll always call it Skydome. But if you catch a ball like that, uh, 
what are you asking for from the team? I mean, you, you caught it, you bought the seat. So you basically, you know, foul balls going to stands or home runs going to stands. That's your ball. Are you asking the, the, uh, the franchise for something like season tickets for a year or a hat or an autograph or what are you asking for? If you get a ball like that, I know back when Jeter's 3000 hit against David price, uh, at the Yankee stadium, uh, a guy from New York city caught the ball and he just wanted to meet Jeter and give him the ball. And that's all. And he, that was a, a lifetime thing for him. Me, I'd be a little bit greedy uh, in a place like say Toronto where crowds are pretty good, but Cincinnati where they, they don't get huge crowds. Uh, I think I'm asking for season tickets for one season before I give that ball up. I know that ball isn't worth anything at the end of the day. If you just have it, it's, it's just, it's yours. There is an authentication. Like when players do get to that point, where the ball is going to be hit and it's a two thousand, it's a milestone home run or a milestone base hit. They do have separate baseballs that have a MLB hologram or whatever you want to call it on there. But I get a little bit greedy. I wonder to the listeners out there, what you guys would, uh, what you would ask for, what you would want, what you would require, I guess, before you gave that ball up because the ball is in your, in your possession. So if you'd be like a hundred bucks or a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or whatever, or uh, an autograph or who knows, I did that for a, for a home run like Cabrera's uh, as a, if I was a Tigers fan was a t- at uh, in Detroit, I would probably ask for season tickets, getting that ball in Toronto. You could probably just get an autograph. So it would depend where the ball was hit. If it's the home team doing it or the visitors team doing it, it's probably a whole bunch of uh, different things you could ask for. But at the end of the day, it is just a baseball, but uh, they mean a lot to a lot of people. So Anyways, put the, I'll put that question on Twitter. What you would uh, what you would want back if you were if you caught a milestone baseball? Because I think it'd be an interesting little uh, conversation for sure. Um, anyways, another couple things I want to talk about about Major League Baseball. Um, the Baltimore Orioles have lost fourteen or fifteen in a row. I, I don't know what their record is. I don't even care anymore. But their record's been abysmal for a number of years. They weren't that far removed from a a wild card loss, I think it was to the Jays in 16, I believe, when Buck Showalter put in the wrong pitcher and everything else. Zach Britton should have went in, didn't. They uh, st- stuck with him uh, in Yeah, just a wreck. And since then, they've been atrocious. Owners make a lot of money. And I don't like talking about money, but I always, we always do. It's a, the, what professional sports are nowadays. But owners make a lot of dough with their TV deals, with their revenue sharing with everything else like every yankee hat that gets sold doesn't just go to steinbrenner it gets spread throughout the league and if you have and then there's you know when teams go over the luxury tax that money gets spent back to the or, or to the owners of the other teams get split x amount of ways i have a hard time with the owners who go on way under the cap and just make money the building's empty. They don't care in Baltimore. I shouldn't say they don't care. I'm not from Baltimore. I don't listen to Baltimore media, but it's pretty bad. It's pretty abysmal how bad that team is. When you're losing 14, 15 in a row, we haven't got September yet. When the call-ups come up, I don't know how it is with COVID now, but I think it's pretty bad. Major League Baseball and the Players Union are going to come to a, a stalemate soon after this season's done. The uh, collective bargaining agreement's up. Uh, they had meetings in Denver last week. One thing that came up that I'm in 100% agreement with was the salary basement and the salary cap. Uh, but with the luxury tax, you go over, but there's a tax involved in it, like it's the whole thing. But there's a salary basement that must be met, and that's $100 million. 
And I don't think that's too much. I are there players because there's three players on certain teams that make $100 million. I mean, Otani, when he gets his new contract, he's going to be $50 million or $45 million when it's all said and done. Trump makes 42, Stanton makes 36, whatever it is. So when you have three guys making on one team or two guys on one team making more than the entire Baltimore Orioles organization does, it's not right. It's not fair to the players who are playing for the Orioles. Yeah, they're happy to be in the big leagues. But when you're going out and getting your rear end kicked night after night, I'm sure that they kind of get tired of it too. Yeah, you get a nice buffet at the end of the night, and the, 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 the meal money is better than what you would get playing in double-A Saginaw or whatever it is. But I, it's, I think there has to be a salary floor and a salary cap uh, and lowered. Yes, it will hurt the Yankees, and they are spending money, and no, the Yankees are not doing better because of the, the, they, they're not buying a championship team. Those two players they got, those two players they got are being paid for by the, their original teams. So just stop it. I'm talking, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Anyways, there has to be a cap and there has to be a floor because if, if owners can just go out there and collect money off their TV deals, because they, they just collect money. They just collect money and if they can get money from revenue sharing, it's, 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 it, they don't, they don't, the team doesn't need to win. And I don't think that's right. Baseball is a beautiful game that needs to be there has to be a more fair, more even playing field throughout the league to make it more enjoyable for a lot of teams. Because a lot of teams are out by the third pitch of opening day. And it's not fair for a team to, to, to have to go through that. All right, welcome back to Foul Tips, the uh, weekend edition, baseball edition of the 1420 Sports Podcast. Uh, everywhere you get your podcast, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple, I heart, we're everywhere. But anyways, let's do this little thing. Uh, ba- today in baseball history in my lifetime, uh, stuff that I remember and stuff that I can uh, actually re- relate to. We can talk about uh, this day in baseball history back in 1922. Uh, I didn't see Babe Ruth play, and I'm pretty sure none of my listeners list, uh, watched Babe Ruth play anyways. But uh, today in baseball history, uh, man, oh, man, was this guy something else when he first broke into the big leagues, uh, coming out of nowhere uh, for the, the Mets. Dwight Gooden strikes with Gary Templeton in the eighth inning of the Mets 5-2 victory at Jack Murphy Stadium, the Murph, old San Diego, to come to the 11th pitcher to strike out 200 batters in his rookie season. This is what's amazing to me. The 19-year-old rookie, 19 years old, uh, that's never going to happen again. And I mean never, and never is a long time from now. It will never happen again. 19-year-old teenager or teenager becomes the only the third teenager to accomplish the feat of striking out 200, joining Bob Feller in the 1930 Indians and Gary Nolan, the 1967 Reds. I don't know the last time a 19-year-old pitched in the big leagues, let alone did what Gooden was doing. Uh, Doc Gooden was a beast with the, with the Mets. Again, the 86, the, 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 the year they won the, uh, the World Series against the Red Sox. And uh, it's, it's it, it makes the guy wonder what he would have accomplished if he didn't have the, uh, the, the drug problems, that, well-documented drug problems that he did. Um, if you ever get a chance to watch the uh, Daryl and Doc uh, 30 for 30, it's quite phenomenal how they, they both were part. It's, it's well-documented, the party animals that the Mets were. Uh, Doc Gooden couldn't even make it to the, uh, the ticker tape parade 
uh, after the Mets won the World Series. It's quite a, a, a I wouldn't say a travesty, but it's it, it's it's a travesty in the sports world, I guess. But Dwight Gooden was he was something else, man. That guy could pitch. He'd strike guys out. Doctor K, right? So this day in baseball history, in my lifetime, he got his 200th strikeout as a teenager. Uh, if I'm wrong on that, please uh, let me know when the last time a teenager pitched in the big leagues. I can't remember one that would. I, and now with Tommy John and, and everything else, I can't see it ever happening again. I mean, there's people getting Tommy John don't even need it, but uh, it's it's something else. Oh, on this day, why not bring this one up? I know we love Rick. We'll get into the Rick segment here. But on this day in 1989, Ricky Henderson swings and misses, making Nolan Ryan the first and only major league pitcher to strike out 5,000 batters. So Rick, uh, Rick had to be part of history on that one, too. Uh, Ryan Express, man, that guy can pitch too. I miss the old just because now everybody throws 100. Back in the day, you had Gooden, you had Ryan, and a couple other guys, but now everybody throws 99 on 100, so batters are just better. But back in the day, when you could watch those guys just throw as hard as they could, and here it is, uh, it's great to see. So, Doc Gooden, this day in baseball history, my lifetime, and same with, with Nolan Ryan. Those of you listening for the first time ever, or for those of you who've uh, been around for since the beginning, we're at we're our one year anniversary of the fourteen twenty sports podcast, and I uh, started doing foul tips uh, nine episodes ago, just a, a baseball thing by myself, just to uh, talk about the game I love more than uh, more than most things. Anyways, not more than you, Deanne. No, don't, I'm not saying that, but uh, more than most, uh, we started this thing called the Rick Award in honor of uh, the, who me and Dave. My uh, co-host on the on the 1420 podcast, we uh, we've come to the understanding that Ricky Henderson, the greatest, most electrifying baseball player of all time, and he'll never change our minds. We came up with the Rick Award. There's been a number of major leaguers win it. Uh, Montana Fouch, she was a winner um, with the, with a no hitter for I think it was uh, Alabama in, in the softball, the College World Series. Uh, multiple winners in in, in uh, minor league baseball, college baseball. But anyways. The Rick Award is it's given out weekly. We're going to have a final Rick Award when the season's all done. But anyways, this week's Rick Award finalists, we'll put it up on Twitter. You guys you guys vote on it. Uh, it's getting some pretty good response. Wish it was a little bit better, but things it takes time to pick up speed. Anyways, this week's Rick Award nominees, uh, I think there's three. We got uh, the Little League no-hitter kid from Washington State, Eli Jones. Uh, the first no-no since 1980. I don't know if Dave's going to put that for his uh, – on his uh, total of uh, for 19 no hitters in, on, in the big leagues this year. But anyways, uh, since 1980, over Florida, one nothing game. He got the only RBI of the game Eli Jones did. Five strikeouts, two walks only. And it, it, just a phenomenal effort for him. Goes to show how good the defense has to be. If he only struck out five, the defense had to do some wonders for him. So congratulations on the no-hitter, Eli. And more congratulations being a nominee for the Rick Award. Uh, number two nominee, I got, uh, had to do it once. I don't think we had a, a Rick Award nominee this, this year from the, the Yankees yet. But uh, Andrew Velasquez, Bronx, born and raised Yankee fan. His parents were Yankee fans. His grandparents were Yankee fans. He's living at his parents' house in the Bronx. So he just got called up from the minors. But he's uh, hit a home run yesterday. He's been playing shortstop, middle infielder here and there. Uh, who knows how long he's going to be at the big club, but uh, I think it's a heartfelt story. He had a home run yesterday in at Yankee Stadium. His parents were in attendance. They were 
They were crying and happy in his post-game interview. He was welling up. A uh, few stolen bases. Who knows how long it's going to last, like I said. But uh, that's another nominee for this week's Rick Award. Andrew Velasquez from the New York Yankees. And the third one, Tyler Gilbert. First career start. Got drafted in 2015, so he's been tolling around the minor leagues for quite some time. Uh, for pitchers, man, eventually you got to say, God, is this worth it? Maybe got to go get a real job or something. But anyways... Former USC Trojan, so fight on. We got Tyler Gilbert, first career start for the Diamondbacks, no hitter against the San Diego Padres, who are extremely just doing those beautiful uniforms, not much pride right now. I thought they were going to have a better season than they are. The Giants having a way better season than they are, but the underachieving San Diego Padres got no hit by a guy in his first career start. So congratulations to Tyler Gilbert for your first career uh, first career start, and then to make it a no-hitter, uh, it's quite phenomenal to do. So we got Little League no-hitter, Washington pitcher Eli Jones, New York Yankee Brocks, born and raised Andrew Velasquez, and former USC Trojan, and now Arizona Diamondback, Tyler Gilbert with the no-hitter. There's our three uh, Rick Award nominees for the week. We'll get them up on the Twitter account. Make sure you like, share, retweet, vote off, vote once, or however it works. But make sure you get the good word of the uh, of foul tips out there and the Rick Award and the 1420 podcast and the like. We uh, we really like putting the shows out there for you guys. Give us a rating on Apple Pod- off the Podcast or else you uh, get your podcast. We really appreciate your support. We've got about 35 uh, games left per team, rough and dirty around there for the uh, remainder of the Major League Baseball season. We've got Little League World Series happening this week, uh, this weekend wrapping up down in Williamsport. The, uh, the, the Little League uh, Classic game is on TV right now, so I was enjoying that. Um, who knows? There's uh, four out of six divisions are still up for grabs in baseball. I White Sox are going to clinch. They, they're, they're in. Uh, Milwaukee's in. Got to think. Uh, that's about it. So for the rest are up for grabs. So I'm still cheering the Yankees. They win the division. They're four and a half out. I don't know if it's going to happen, but there's uh, always hopes and dreams. Anyways, make sure you tune into a few Little League World Series games this week. Make sure you tune in some baseball games this week. Let me know uh, your thoughts about the, what you can do with the uh, milestone ball. And let me know who you think is going to win the division each week. But anyways, it's been a pleasure once again for getting foul tips out there for you guys on a Sunday night. Uh, have a good weekend or a good week, everybody. And we'll talk to you guys again on Tuesday. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.